0: Christ the Lord is risen! Happy Happy Easter! We are delighted to have you here for worship. Old friends and new, please pick up the friendship pad and pass it to everyone in your pew. Please sign your name so we are aware of your presence and we can all greet one another by name at the conclusion of worship. If you wish to talk to a Stephen minister confidentially, the Stephen minister on duty for today is Gretchen Bartosz, and she is available in the Narthex. Thank you.
1: When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid.
0: On this day, you won victory over death, raising Jesus from the grave and giving us eternal life. Glory to you, O Christ. For us and for our salvation, you overcame death and opened the gate to everlasting life. Glory to you, O Holy Spirit. You lead us into the truth. Glory to you, O blessed Trinity, now and forever. Amen. Mighty God, the earth is shaken and nothing is the same. Defeat is turned into victory. Death is overcome by life. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Meet those of us who have traveled the Lenten Road with the wonder of welcome. Give us new perspective on any estrangement we have felt and release us from attitudes that have paralyzed us. Where we have struggled spiritually, especially with temptation, continue to free us. Even in victory, Lord, we have days when we feel unwanted or abandoned. But we ask on this day we might find our relationship with you restored. As we embrace the love that you offer, meet us here in the midst of events beyond our understanding with your divine affection that spans time and space, yet wraps around us in the present. Glorious Lord of life, brightness of God's glory, whom death could not conquer nor the tomb imprison, continue to reveal yourself to us today even as we bring our praise in celebration of our forgiveness and new life. Amen.
2: My friends, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, and to our Savior, who is gracious, he will forgive us. So with the confidence of the children of God, let us together use this corporate prayer of confession. Holy God, we confess that we rationalize away our failure to be faithful disciples of Jesus. We say it is too difficult to make faith commitments in today's society, indeed humanly impossible. We confess that we make allowances for ourselves so that we don't need to face our failure, and so we attempt less for Christ than we are capable We sometimes even struggle to share our faith with the already convinced and converted. We confess, too, that we sometimes blame our parents, our experiences, and our lack of resources or opportunity for our poor decisions. Forgive our failures, we pray, and grant us the gift of new opportunity to be disciples for Christ. May our sinful attitudes die and our resurrected selves serve you, we pray christ jesus our lord amen jesus said i am the resurrection and the life those who believe in me even though they die will live 50 days later peter said on pentecost all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name this easter day we celebrate the assurance of forgiveness that god is god's resurrection gift Glory be to God.
1: The Lord is risen. He
2: is is risen. risen. seated, friends. The good news continues to be recounted in the history book of the church, that is the book of Acts, chapter 10. Then Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses, and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and of the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Well, it's a little dangerous, but I'm going to invite the children to join me up here. I got, I got white on today. I usually have black on today on Sundays, but this is special day, Easter. So I've got my white robe on, and Pastor Carrie's got her white robe on, too. And um, we've got a lot of Easter lilies up here. Actually, they smell pretty good. And, and I kind of like the Easter lilies because they look kind of like trumpets, kind of announcing the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. It's a special day, this Easter day, and we're remembering that Jesus rose from the dead. Now, in some churches, they have symbols very much like ours, that tells about the death of Jesus maybe more than our symbols here do. And so in some churches, which is a good symbol, it's just not one that you find so much in this room, they have some crosses, and on the cross there is Jesus. He's on the cross, and you will find that in some churches. That's a good symbol because that's how Jesus died. They nailed Jesus to a cross. And then, do you know what happened? they took him off the cross and they wrapped him in white linen, kind of like this robe, and they put him inside of a tomb or a grave and sealed it with a big stone. And then, that happened on Friday, on Sunday they went to check to see if he was inside and he was gone. He was risen from the dead. Well, in our church here, we remember that part. We have a cross up here, and you'll see that there's no body on the cross. It's to remind us that Jesus is not there dying, but that he arose from the dead so that every Sunday we come in here and we see the empty cross, it reminds us of this special day, Easter Day. So I thought that maybe some of you would... helped to think about that, so I brought crosses. So why don't you help yourself? These are empty crosses, and you can take them with you, and that'll just remind you about this special day that is Easter. I know if the Easter bunny had a basket, he would have eggs, but this is the Easter pastor, and he has crosses. Yeah. And then you can go and be with your parents if you like, or some of you are going to get ready for choir. And those of you who want to meet Craig and he, he'll take you to a special worship experience, you can do that too. You want to? Sure. I have one. Yeah. You all have one? That's good. Yeah. You wanted a blue one. Yeah. Did you get one? Mm-hmm. You're welcome. You're welcome.
2: As everybody makes their way back home, we give thanks for the promises that come through Scripture that remind us that we, too, will be guided home. I invite you to hear the witness of Paul in 1 Corinthians and to us. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received in which also you stand, through which also you are being saved if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received, That Christ died for our sins, was buried, and was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive. though Some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as risen from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation has been in vain and your faith has been in vain. We're even found to be misrepresenting in God because we testified in God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that he is dead or not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then also those who have died in Christ have perished. If for this life only we had hoped in Christ, we are all of people most to be pitied. But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a human being. For as all die in Adam, so all will be made alive in Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Resurrection as told by the Gospel writer John. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen, but rolled up, in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scriptures that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head, the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? For whom are you looking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her the word of the Lord. Yesterday there was no power in Pittsburgh. No electric power. Power went out at 3:15 in the morning. And the choir and the brass and Bruce Frank at the organ were all here to rehearse for today. I walked through the church, and it was dark. And I came into the sanctuary here. It was almost like this was the tomb. And what you heard is what I heard when I walked in the room. The organ here is an 1802 organ. It's completely playable without electric power. And several members of the organ, uh, of the choir, were at the back of the organ, foot pumping it. And some of them returned for a service here yesterday afternoon and foot pumped it too. It's wonderful. I can only imagine how it must have been to have found the empty tomb. It wasn't wonderful for everyone, of course. We began the service today by reading from the gospel according to Mark, and there the women were afraid, afraid to tell anyone. Yeah, today's not glorious for everyone. You know what tomorrow is, right? Biggest day of the year for some golfers. It's the start of the Masters Tournament in Augusta. You think I'm kidding about how important this is? You know, I don't often read the newspaper Sunday morning before worship, but one year I grabbed part of the paper And I came to church with it thinking that after the sunrise service and before the first service here, I might see some of the headlines, but I only had grabbed the sports pages, which I would not normally read as first thing in the paper. And there was this article, and it described Frank Cherkinian, head of the CBS Sports, who discovered that the Masters and Easter Sunday happened on the same day that year. And very upset at this conflict, he demanded of his colleagues, who sets the date for Easter? Didn't they realize that it's scheduled on the Easter's Masters weekend? Let's get that person and have him change this. <laughs> now, I don't know how they resolved this conflict. I'm pretty sure they didn't change the date for Easter, though they might have liked. Sports are very powerful in our society. No, you're here to think about the Gospel of Mark a little and the Gospel of John. A very smart young college student who had announced to a group of friends one day that she would believe nothing that she could not understand. And another student who lived nearby on a farm turned to him and said, Well, as I was driving to the campus today, I passed a field in which some sheep were grazing. Do you believe it? And she said, sure, I believe that. And not far from the sheep, there were some calves browsing and grazing. You believe that? Yeah, I believe that. And then not too far down the road, there were gaggle geese. They were feeding. Do uh, you believe that? Well, I guess so. Well, said the second student, uh, the grass that the sheep ate will turn into wool and the grass that the calves ate will turn into hair, and the grass that the geese ate will turn into feathers. Do you believe that? Uh, yeah. But do you understand it? And the first student said, well, no, not really. And the student said, well, If you live long enough, you will find that there are a great many things that you will believe but not understand. That's where we've come to today, isn't it? Believing, understanding. The Gospel of Mark ends with this very cryptic account of Easter. I have become somewhat fond of Mark's way of treating the resurrection. Uh, it's In some ways, it's never been my favorite at all. It's dark when the women come to the tomb. They are met by a figure who tells them that Jesus has risen and has left, and moving out from the cemetery he is to somewhere else. And the women are told to go and to tell, but they stand there in fear. And they don't tell a soul. And thus the Gospel of Mark ends. Now there's good reason, says scholar N.T. Wright, to think that this may not have been the way that Mark's Gospel originally ended. It's perfectly all right to end a Greek sentence with this little Greek conjunction. The word is gar, G-A-R. It means because, or therefore, or as Carrie emphasized for us earlier in her reading, but. But. But why would you end a sentence to end the whole gospel with the word but? Nonetheless, scrolls were famous for losing their last panels. And even though I have come to like this rather abrupt ending of Mark, there could be a good argument about the story and that it would have continued. And indeed, in most Bibles, you will see that there is either one, two, or three additional endings that were added to the gospel of Mark. But all the speculation aside, and following the long-standing custom of dismissing the longer endings, which later commentary supplied for Mark, we can confront the text as it is, and accurately, we wonder what in the world was going on. Now, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. And I'm not... As astute as most biblical scholars, but I have an opinion that I've not seen written down anywhere else. I tend to think that Mark was calling us to see something else, and he was using his literary style to do that. Mark says, tell my disciples to go to Galilee. That's what we read at the very end. Now what I think is happening is Matthew begins by describing the birth of Jesus and the wise men and Luke begins by describing the birth of Jesus. Mary and Joseph are there in Bethlehem and the baby is born. Mark doesn't do that. Mark begins by writing about Jesus' ministry that started in Galilee. And when you read the Gospel of Mark, you think that the disciples are idiots. I mean, they never seem to understand who Jesus is and what Jesus is about. I think that what Mark is doing is saying this. Now that you've read the story of Jesus, and now that you know the ending... Go back to Galilee. Go back to the beginning of my gospel and read it a second time, and this time you will understand it. This time you will see what it means. His tongue-in-cheek way of describing what he has to say. Sometimes I think we just don't understand it. This is a day of vindication for Christ. We have wandered around through a number of things during the season of Lent here at First Press. And I do want to debunk something that I think I hear a lot said. There's a part of me that feels that our national networks don't tell the truth. They really don't say things like they are. And people have embraced a kind of a view that says all the great religions are really alike they are different paths to the same destination we are they have you ever really compared the deaths of the leaders of all the great religions moses buddha confucius mohammed They all died of a ripe old age, successful despite some disappointments. They died in the midst of their disciples and supporters, their span of life completed. Moses died in sight of the promised land. He was 120 years old. Buddha died at the age of 80, peacefully. His disciples around him, after he had collected during his itinerant preaching, a great community of monks and nuns and lay supporters. Confucius returned in old age to Lu. He had spent his last years in a training uh, of a group after he had thoroughly enjoyed the last years of his life. Then there's Muhammad. He enjoyed his last years as a political leader in Arabia. He died in the midst of a harem, all of his women in the arms of his favorite wife. Then there's Jesus. A bit over 30 years of age, expelled from society, mocked, taunted, tortured, and finally killed by the most atrocious method ever designed by humankind's ingenious cruelty. He was buried in a rock-hewn tomb which was sealed by a large stone. And then he rose from the dead. This famous writer, N.T. Wright, wrote a lot of things that have meant much to me. He describes a time earlier where there was a communist lecture in Russia who paused before summing up what he had to say. His large audience, nearly 5,000, just listened. And he ended his lecture saying this. Therefore, there is no God Jesus Christ never existed. There is no such thing as a Holy Spirit. The church is an impressive, oppressive institution, and it's out of date. The future belongs to the state, and the state is in the hands of the party. He was about to sit down when an old Priest, Russian Orthodox priest near the front dared to stand and he said may I say two words uh, just two words really just two in English it's three words but in Russian it's two Okay. He turned and looked at the crowd and he said Christ is risen and 5,000 said back he is risen indeed and the priest sat down and said go lecture some more maybe it's time to stop analyzing and just celebrate what this means for all of us. All the things that we have felt, the times when we've been lost, the times we felt we've been abandoned, when we've been ridiculed and mocked, we felt we're empty. So we come through life's road it is good that despite all of the terrible things that happen, Christ is vindicated.
2: In gratitude for God's gracious gifts through his son Jesus, our Lord and Savior, let us return to our Lord our first fruits, and dedicate them using this offertory prayer. Gracious God, the awesome gift of Easter is beyond our fathoming. It is your gift to be received by faith, a faith that you enable in us. In thanksgiving for your gracious love and message of hope in Christ, we make this offering today. Please use it to continue your activity of resurrection and making new. May people be renewed, especially where there is suffering and circumstance, body, mind, or spirit, that all may experience victory and new life. In the name of our risen Lord, we pray. Amen.
1: Before I pray, and um, because I think that's important to do, I don't know that we're ever together as much as believers as when together we pray. I want to make a suggestion to you. Um, Carrie and I are blessed, we have the best seats in the house musically and um, there'll be a hymn after the prayer and a very brief benediction, and then the choir and brass will play and sing again. But some of you haven't been able to get a good look at them, so if you'd like, why don't you just then turn around where you are. You can look up and see what we've been enjoying. And those of the rest of you who are in the back, hidden under the balcony, well, feel free to come down This way, if you want to come up here, you're welcome to, or down in the aisle, and you can see this too and celebrate this glorious day with us. Together, let's pray. Majestic and eternal and infinite God, we celebrate this Easter with acclamation and praise, for you have revealed to us your presence, and you have revealed that with you all things are possible. We worship you this day with renewed astonishment, engaging with the disbelief of the disciples and entering anew into pondering the reality of who you are. We thank you, God, for the women in the Easter story whose devotion and courage and obedience inspire us. We thank you for bringing Easter into the ordinary experiences of life through the Christ. We thank you for the sure hope that one day all creation will give evidence of the resurrection. We pray, O God, that when the Easter Alleluia's fade and we continue to live the Easter joy, we will see you in the most mundane moments of our days. We pray that we will recognize you in the Galilees of our lives, going ahead before us, calling us to yourself. We pray that we too will respond faithfully to the command of the angel go and tell. We pray, O God, for those who grieve the loss of loved ones this day, that they might be comforted both by the assurance of the spirit life their beloved now enjoys and by the knowledge that resurrection life is also promised to all those who mourn. We pray for freedom for those held in the grips of fear, be they prisons of whoever's making, or even death, that the truth of eternal resurrection might become a reality for them. We pray for those who cannot trust what they cannot control or understand, that they may encounter the uncontrollable, unpredictable, risen Christ in their life. We pray it all in the Master's name who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. wonderful blessed Easter to you all. Go in peace. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the comfort and presence of the Holy Spirit go with us and abide with us all today and in the life everlasting. Amen.